Hi, I'm Mark Bud. And I'm Jair Briggs Davis. And we're from Mark and Jair Explain Sports. This is a tripod production. The following is a tripod production. Do not attempt to adjust your dial. Mark Bud and Jair Brooks Davis, two friends growing up in the Big Apple, two friends who became sports writers at the top of their craft. Mark, the assistant sports editor of Drexel University's The Triangle. Jair, the color commentator and reporter at Curry College. On their own, they give their own unique insights. However, together, Mark and Jair explain sports. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to season three of Mark and Jair Explain Sports. I am Jair Brooks Davis and I'm Mark Bunn. So Mark, how's everything going? I haven't seen you in a long time. We haven't talked in a while about different sporting events that are going on. How have you been holding up? I've been doing pretty well, man. I miss you, buddy, but you know, I'm glad to be back and you know, the new season, there's clearly a lot to talk about in the sports world. A lot of very interesting things going on in multiple sports, including the NFL, which we will get to later, which I have a lot of thoughts on what the Eagles recently decided to do. But before we get to that, why don't we go straight into the MLB? Because I don't know how excited you are. Well, I don't know if I should say excited, Jair, because, well, for those of you that don't know, the Mets recently acquired superstar shortstop Francisco Lindor. And as soon as it happened, Jair was like, I don't like it. I don't think it's a good deal. Even though they got another starting pitcher, I think it's a great move. I think the Mets won the trade completely. And they, I think this trade the Mets did this year is very similar to the trade that the Dodgers did last year to get Mookie Betts. Last year when the Dodgers traded – Mookie Betts, the difference is, is that the Dodgers at that point were already a surefire contender, while the Mets right now, they weren't necessarily a surefire contender in the National League. It's not like they don't have any talent. They're not like the Orioles. They have some talent. They do have talent, Mark. But at that moment, I thought for a second, like, you know, where it wasn't going well or where it wasn't right is that they should have focused primarily on George Springer out in center field. But like about 45 minutes after I saw the trade and after I spoke to you, I saw that Springer wanted $175 million for probably four or five years. So now I think that looking back right now with us adding a bat like Francisco Lindor, it is a good trade and he could provide the same value that George Springer could provide offensively, and the Mets could use the money that they have left over to pursue Jackie Bradley Jr. or Kevin Pillar to man out in center field. I agree, and don't forget that you guys also acquired Carlos Carrasco to help shore up the pitching rotation, which was a bit, well, while you do have good pitchers and Jacob deGrom and Syndergaard, you didn't really have a guy behind that. So bringing in Carlos Carrasco, I think, is a great move for the Mets because he's a very good starting caliber pitcher. Not to mention that Noah Syndergaard will be recovering from Tommy John surgery for the first portion of the season. So acquiring Carlos Carrasco helps us in a win-now situation, sort of. And he has a few years left. It's not just a one-year thing. Yeah, I think he has like two or three years. But where it really hurts me is that you're going to be losing guys that were going to be held under team control in Ahmed Rosario and Andres. He's a shortstop. You're getting a better shortstop. So I I wouldn't be upset. 
yeah, but the only issue that I have is that it's not going to help the depth of the New York Mets and their minor league system. Well, Steve Cohen seems like he doesn't mind spending some money, so I think he'll get that. Yes, plus I hope that Steve Cohen, Sandy Alderson, and players around the organization, I hope that on their free time they wrap up Francisco Lindor in bubble wrap and pillows and give him an armored car because we got to make sure that this guy doesn't get hurt. You know what I mean, Mark? Especially with that potential contract extension that's that's going to be uh, offered around the corner. Definitely. You brought up George Springer. I, I, I don't think the Mets should go for George Springer. He wants like $175 million. Yeah, okay. Not, not for me. But also, Mark, don't forget that some of his stats could sort of be inflated a little bit due to, you know, that trash can banging out in Houston. And the short season last year. And the short season last year. He did win 2017 World Series MVP. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much was that from cheating, though? How much was that from skill? Have you seen Game 5 of that uh, series between the Los Angeles Dodgers and Houston? You never see game five? That yeah. was a very pivotal game with Clayton Kershaw on the mound. And you, oh, could the whistling, you could hear the whistling in the background before the Astros were swinging at certain pitches. But anyways, though, George Springer, he'll be a nice addition, but still, it's not, it, it's just, you know, the money that they could be offering George Springer, you could get Michael Conforto in a contract extension with that same money. I rather, Michael Conforto is okay. What about Jackie Bradley Jr.? I know you like him. I would say that Jackie Bradley Jr. right now is a, is like a two-year twenty million dollars. Two okay, then I was gonna say two-year fifteen to to eighteen million dollar, but two-year ten million dollars. He's a former Gold Glove winner, former All Star World Series, and he's also World Series champion with the Boston Red Sox. I think that Jackie Bradley, good locker room guy too, good locker room guy. The Mets would definitely need his defense. Kevin Pillar is another option. He's he's a decent option, and if the Mets went a cheaper route going for those two guys. The Mets could also have a guy like Kiki or Hernandez or 2019 All-Star Tommy LaStella. I'm getting a, my Tommy's mixed up. Tommy LaStella. Um, Tommy, my dog, Jay? Is that who you're thinking of? No, I was thinking of, uh, unfortunately, the late Tommy Lasorda. Oh, shout uh, out to Tommy, though. Yeah, shout out to, to Tommy, Mark's dog, and shout, shout out to Tommy Lasorda. Um, prayers out to his family. But Tommy LaStella, I was referring to, that the Mets could also pursue in free agency to man out in third base to f- help fill out the infield. So George Springer, if the Mets don't go his route, they have other routes that they could go. Definitely. Well, Jared, just talking about the free agency market in general, what I personally, I, I think this is a very dry market. There's not been a lot of, of movement going on until the Mets trade that happened a few days ago and then there was one free agent reliever Hendricks who was signed by the White Sox yesterday for 60 million dollars which the Phillies could, by the way the Phillies look 18 million dollars a season yeah but he's really good yeah yeah no yeah 18 million dollars a season for Liam Hendricks I wanted the Mets to pursue him I wanted them to pursue him or Brad Hand Brad Hand is still available but um the Mets would actually give up Jerry Familia but also, you can't forget about players like, you know, George Springer's still on the market. He's been in, he's been rumored to be looking at Toronto. And, you know, what about DJ LeMayhew? I think he'd be a perfect for the Mets. He would be perfect at third base for the Mets. But what about any other team, Mark? What do you think about that? Well, the Yankees, I think the Yankees are just playing wait and see because I'm sure LeMayhew would like to go back to the Yankees. I'm sure he'd love playing for them. And the Yankees probably, he probably will go to them before he tries to sign a contract. So they're not worried about it. But what you're talking about around the league, the Phillies, I don't know what they're doing, man. They're like a disaster. 
Ramuto is still out there. Unless they sign Ramuto and Gregorius and get a reliever, then this won't be a good offseason for them. Yeah, I think that getting a guy like Gregorius would definitely help. I think he's actually a really underrated player for what he could provide to a team. Would you want to pay JT Ramuto like six years, $180 million? I guess so. I mean, he's, he's a good player. The, the, the Giants gave Buster Posey a huge contract and they won three World Series, so I'm okay with it. Let's go into the Padres, who I think are a dark horse to win the whole entire thing now. After getting Blake Snell and you Darvish, two perennial all-star pitchers who compete for the Cy Young Award almost every year, they got both. Yes, they gave up a lot of prospects, but they, the I believe that the Padres are a team that's built to win now. They have Manny Machado. They have Fernando Tatis Jr. They have a, pitching already. I think this is a really good situation in, in San Diego, and I think you should watch out for them. With the additions of Blake Snell and you Darvish, to go along with a pitcher like Chris Paddock and others in that rotation. They are definitely a perennial World Series caliber team. I think that they have potential to go all the way and to see if they're going to match up against the Los Angeles Dodgers, that's going to be one hell of a matchup. The Mets are going to have to contend against them along with other teams in the National League, even in their own division like the Atlanta Braves. But it's going to be fun to see the San Diego Padres and their talent. And you have to give them a lot of credit. They built up a really good farm system for them to use players to acquire assets and stuff. I wanted to know, did you ever hear about what Blake Snell said about Tommy Pham one time? They're on the same team now, right? Yeah, they're on the same team now, but Blake Snell was really upset that... He called him soft or something? He called him... uh, He was just upset with the Tampa Bay organization for giving up Tommy Pham. I think they gave up Cronesworth, too. And... Well, Jay Cronesworth, I think that he... Well, he was a prospect, and now he's on the Padres, and Blake Snell is now reunited with them. In, in San Diego. Well, what did he say about what did he say about Tommy Pham? He called he called him basically stupid. He he said that they gave him Tommy Pham for stupid prospects and stuff like that. Oh, well, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. So clearly there's a lot going on in baseball. Hopefully there's more signings soon. The next topic we're going to get into is NBA, but before that we're going to take a quick break. So stick around and we'll be back soon. Yes, sir. Welcome back, everyone. Let's get into our next topic with my boy, Mark Budd from Mark and Jire Explain Sports. Okay. So, Mark, let's dive a little bit into the NBA and uh, what's been going on with the NBA and COVID cases. That's a very, very good question, Jair. I don't exactly know. Um, I mean, this had to be expected because they're not in the bubble. So guys are kind of on their own now. They're definitely around more people, not wearing masks. So this is what happens. But I will to go back track. The first two, three weeks of the season seemed like there was reports coming out. There was like zero tests. And then all of a sudden it's, there was like a major hit. And, you know, even my Sixers only had seven players playing. I believe on it was on Saturday. They had seven players playing only only seven players, mostly rookies. By the way, for a t- team of seven players, they only lost by like 12 points against a good team in the Nuggets. Shout out to Tyrese Maxey, by the way. He had 40 points. That guy's a stud. And the Sixers look great. But anyway, yeah, the, the COVID cases is hitting the league in a, in a pretty bad way. They had to, I know that the Heat were hit pretty bad. They had to cancel some games. Killed my fantasy team. Thank you. The Celtics Magic game tomorrow, I believe, is canceled. So yeah, the, the NBA seems to be getting hit by the COVID right now. My worry is that they'll, they'll shut it down. I think I don't think that you know with the NFL this year. There's obviously a lot. Of, there still is 
there's a lot of COVID cases and there's a lot of teams breaks at breakouts. You know, the Brown, even the Browns this past playoff game, they had to play without their coach. But it seemed like Roger Goodell was not going to cancel the season at all. Adam Silver, on the other hand, the commissioner of the NBA, he seems a little more willing to shut down the entire season. So I think if this continues, there's a chance either he shuts it down or he just maybe they take like a two-week hiatus and then go to the bubble again. I don't know, or unless they can figure it out. You brought up a good point in terms of like, you remember the first earlier part of the season when no when they were reporting zero COVID cases. That's a, that's a very strong point. It's just, you know, I mean, I think that the biggest way to, to look at it is, is like, you know, how are they going to handle when COVID cases were probably going to pop up? Also, some could maybe make an argument like, you know, maybe the NBA should have considered like a G League taxi squad probably because like in the regular season, you call NBA G League players up sometimes. I mean, I know the, M- the NFL has like really increased their practice squad. So I know like the Colts, the no, the Packers, for example, there are starting offensive linemen, Jared Valdeer. They're starting offensive lineman this week who actually started for the Colts last week. The Colts were eliminated, so now he's able to sign to the Colt to the Packers practice squad because he passed. So, like, I think that the NBA should maybe take the thing from the NFL and have, like you like you said, a taxi squad or, like, 10 guys ready to play going through the protocols. So if, if a breakout happens, you have some backup. So, Mark, let's go over into more NBA teams. I just wanted to know uh, what teams have impressed you so far throughout the season? Teams that have impressed me so far throughout the season, well, I know I'm going to have to say number one is the Phoenix Suns. They've been very good this year. Obviously, the acquisition of Chris Paul was huge for them, and it's been paying off big time. I believe they're are they, they're not first in the Western Conference, are they? I think that they're up there in the Western Conference. They're definitely yeah. So they're seven and four. Not not as good as I thought, but still pretty good. Yeah. So definitely the Suns have been very impressive. Also, the Warriors have kind of turned it around as well. They they got to a slow start, and now they're six and four. But a team that's very impressive to me, I mean, the Nets are obviously very impressive when they have guys actually playing, and you know, the Lakers are still there. I'm gonna say the Sixers are very impressive too. They they're they're playing very well when they're not dealing with a COVID breakout. They look like a team to beat. I have to. I mean, I have to give credit to you know the the Phoenix Suns number one for being in the top three in the Western Conference. And also, you know, the Lakers, I think that the Lakers, in a way, they kind of miss like a JaVale McGee in their starting lineup. Marcus Saul, to me, he looks like really slow. Well, he's like 38, right? He's, he's old. Yeah he's, yeah, he's older. So having him in the lineup is really slow and, and everything like that. But yeah, I think that the Lakers are, are doing pretty well, even, and you know, they're 8-3 and three in the Western Conference. And I think that LeBron is going to tell them to pick it up and turn it around. Definitely, definitely. But um, what are your thoughts on what the Sixers have been doing so far? The Sixers, they look pretty good. I mean, they, I mean, it was a tough loss, especially when they had like several players out, obviously, but they're still in in the top three in the Eastern Conference, but they still have to pick it up. I haven't been, honestly, I haven't been watching them a lot so far this season, but I think that they'll be up there. Definitely. And then as far as going into net star Kyrie Irving, you know, at first there was that he was out for personal reasons. And then now there's reports out that he's going to miss more time because there's video or something of him at a par- a birthday party without a mask with a number of people. Um, can you talk about your thoughts on that? To be real, Mark, I thought that Kyrie Irving was sitting out because of the events last week at the Capitol building. Right. That's, 
that's what I initially thought. Yeah. But if he was doing that and then now he was at a birthday party and like no one has been knowing where he has been, my opinion on it is just like he needs to either A, be suspended or B, have a significant fine. I understand that he went to a family birthday party and everything like that. But still, though, like no one knows where you are. You're just not showing up to work. It's not a good look. I, I mean, Alex Caruso missed his sister's wedding or something like that to be there for the Lakers. And like, you know, I think that some of this is actually on Kyrie's. This is on Kyrie's plate. And this is sort of his the more stories that come out about Kyrie, the more I kind of think he's a diva. And I, I, I wouldn't want him on my team. I just feel like he causes too much drama. He's not answering calls. He went on a pod, Kevin Durant's co- podcast earlier this year and said that he doesn't need a head coach. He won a championship with, Le- with LeBron, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, I don't want to play with this guy anymore. He, he takes too much attention. Like, he also said that it's nice to play with a guy that can actually make a big shot when he's talking about Kevin Durant. So he's saying that LeBron couldn't hit big shots. Bruh. What? Yeah. I, I, I'm. Go ahead, Mark. He's just like, I don't know. I, I feel like these are like self-inflicted wounds. Just make not. It doesn't make him look like a good personality to be around. He's obviously a great player, and he's gonna be on a team no matter what because he's really good. But I'm as far as like being a championship team, I don't think he's the right fit for a championship team. I'm going to have to be real with you, Mark. Yes, and I, at times I used to think, you know, can this really hold up? If I was Kevin Durant, would I rather play with D'Angelo Russell and Brooklyn rather than play with Kyrie? What do you think about that? D'Angelo Russell is an interesting case too. I think that he he's a very good player, but I don't know if his focus is on winning like Kyrie. Kyrie Irving's obviously better, but I don't know about that one, Jair, actually. I think I would rather have Kyrie Irving than D'Angelo Russell, to be honest. Well, look, Kevin Durant, he's going to have to figure – I mean, that's his friend. He supported Kyrie Irving. He backed him up against Kendrick Perkins and stuff like that. He's going to have to figure it out. I know I wouldn't want to play with Kyrie Irving like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, man. Would you want Kyrie Irving on your Sixers? Absolutely not. I would take Kevin Durant, though. I would take Kevin Durant for sure. <laughs> Tobias Harris for Kevin Durant, definitely. <laughs> Tobias Harris for Kevin Durant. He's a hey. Tobias Harris is a New Yorker, native He's New Yorker. Oh, now lately, so shout out to Tobias Harris. Um, yeah, but on that contract, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry, Mark. Go ahead. Yeah, whatever. Um. Anyway, so yeah, a lot going on in the NBA. Kyrie Irving needs to get it together. But you know, hopefully, all these COVID cases in the NBA calms down and teams will be back at full strength, so we can actually evaluate what teams and not have the Sixers playing with like four rookies and only one bench guy you know that, that would be that would be nice but until then you know we're just gonna have to trust the process as my man Joel Embiid says but before we get to NFL we're gonna take one more quick break and we'll see you guys back Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back from our second break. I'm Jair Briggs-Davis, and we're here with Mark Budd from Mark and Jair Explain Sports. So, Mark, we're going into our last topic, which is the NFL. Before we get into the playoffs, Mark, Doug Peterson, he was fired yesterday. What are your feelings about the transaction by the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, to be honest with you, I can't say I'm disappointed, but I was a little bit, I was definitely shocked because there were reports coming out that his job was safe a few days before um, the week 17 game where, you know, Doug Peterson decided to take out Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter and ruin the Giants' chances of winning, which I'm not upset about. I'm just saying it, it, it happened. People were very upset. I mean, if I was a, a player on the team and that happened, I'd be pissed off because, like, what am I playing for? 
I'm putting my body on the line not to win. Like, well, what's that? So, yeah, I, I think he ruined the locker room and this had to happen. I don't think this was the reason why he got fired. I think he was very stubborn and didn't like to be told what to do, even though you're supposed to listen to your boss. There's a report saying he didn't like being told what to do, but, well, that sucks, dude. That's how he got fired. But anyway, it was definitely a shock. I think that if they were going to fire Doug Peterson, they should have done it a week ago, right after the playoff game. No, right after the game against the Giants, so that we had time to find some coaches. We're already uh, two weeks later, and there's coaches that are already in their second rounds of interviews. So I didn't love that aspect. But as far as Doug Peterson being fired, you know, I thank him for the Super Bowl. But, you know, the three years since then, it's just been a downhill spiral. There's definitely needs to be new change. And my coach that I want the Eagles to hire is Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley. It'll be a nice change of direction. And what do you think the, the Eagles should do with Carson Wentz? What do I think the Eagles should do with Carson Wentz? I don't want Carson Wentz anymore. I'm sorry. But I think he should be traded to a team like the Colts or, or um, you know, any team that needs a quarterback. Try to get the best, see if you can get like a second round pick for, or even first round. I don't know because of how bad he played. I've seen reports that they're going to try to help him out. I, don't, I wouldn't. If I were the Eagles, I would move on. I think Jalen Hurts is the guy. And especially if you get a guy like Lincoln Riley, who coached Jalen Hurts and is like a quarterback whisperer, I think it's a match made in heaven. So, yeah, that that's what I think. But is that what's going to happen? I don't know. I, I can see the Eagles trying to fix Carson Wentz for whatever reason. But the problem with the Eagles is that they still have Howie Roseman running the team who has missed on multiple draft picks and has made a lot of questionable decisions, and they still have him. So is it going to be that different is what I want to know. Interesting, Mark. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Eagles do this offseason and how they regroup themselves. But going into the NFL playoffs, the Ravens had just beaten the Titans. Do you think that the Ravens stand a chance against the Buffalo Bills? Absolutely. I think the Ravens are um, like a dark horse team to make a deep run in the playoffs. I think that Lamar Jackson finally got that playoff win. He's more relaxed now. He doesn't have as much pressure on himself. He can just be himself. And the Ravens, towards the end of the season, now in the playoffs, they've stepped up their game. You know, they had guys on COVID. They had a COVID thing before. That's all cleared now. Guys are all – the whole team's back pretty much healthy. And they, they've been on a run. So I, I, would, I, I would not want to play the Ravens. But I also wouldn't want to play the Bills. So I think it's going to be an excellent game. If I had to choose who I think is going to win this game, I'm going to go with the Bills. What about you, Jair? I'm in the same mindset. I want to see what Stephon Diggs is going to do with Josh Allen. Versus what can Stephon Diggs do? That guy is a beast. I think he should have been considered for the MVP, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I mean, plus the way of how Minnesota practically gave up on him and everything like that. I want to see what Stephon Diggs can do this upcoming weekend. And, you know, hey, you have to give a lot of credit to Josh Allen. He has a he has receivers that he could go to and stuff like that. But also, you can't sleep on the Ravens' run game. Like, despite being down, the Ravens broke out against the Tennessee Titans. And, hey, at the end of the day, they got the W. I remember the interception. Like, when the interception happened, I was just like, oh, man. This is just – it was the interception by Mark by uh, Marcus Peters, right? Mm-hmm. By Marcus Peters. And, and they I, went on the logo? They went yeah, on the logo. Yeah. hey – you know what I? You know what I thought. They had it coming for them, though. You know they did that back in the regular season to the Ravens. Week eleven, right? Yeah. I think. Hey, you know it, that's it's karma. I think that this has been like this past couple months has been reason should have been labeled as reasons to why you don't dance on opposing teams' logos. Yeah, Juju. Although yeah. Juju, I have to say, he did have a good game against the. Well, we'll get into that, but he did have a good game against the Browns. 
they lost, but he did have a good game. But yeah, he definitely gave them some motivation. Yes, and we'll get to Juju real quick. But before we get to Juju and the Browns and the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, let's go into the Rams versus the Seahawks. What did you think of that game, Mark? That was just brutal by the Seahawks, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think the Seahawks, they definitely were – they weren't a real um, contender. They were a faker. But um, I, I mean, think how that – How many wide receivers can you name on the Seattle uh, Seahawks besides – DK Metcalf. No, I don't. That's not the problem. They have good receivers. They have Tyler Lockett. Then they have David Moore. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you have a point there. But they have decent wide receivers. That's not the problem. The defense was really bad. And Russell Wilson. I don't know what what happened to him. People were like, "Oh, well, he doesn't get respect as the MVP." Well, that second half of the season, he was not very good. So he like started off like rocket, like like the man. Like he looked like a sure MVP candidate. And then it just kind of sank. And then the team kind of sank. And then in the playoffs, he didn't he didn't show up. So I think Russell Wilson needs to – I don't know if it's – it's obviously not his whole fault, but the Seahawks definitely need to – I don't know if it's the offensive line or I don't know the coaching, but Russell Wilson just seemed to, like, completely fall apart in the second half of the season. That Malcolm Butler <laughs> interception in the Super Bowl, that really, I think – Ever since yeah, I mean, end. he's obviously a great player. I just don't know if he's a he has the same mindset or determined. Obviously, he's determined, but I don't know if he's going to be as impactful in the game as someone like Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. Or there's a lot of guys. I think if Deshaun Watson had a good team, he would make it all the way. But the Texans are a disaster. Yes, but as for the Rams, do you think that they stand any chance against the Green Bay Packers, even though Jared Goff is? Do I think the Rams – no, I don't think they stand a chance. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to light them up. Uh, oh, the Rams have a good defense, but their offense just won't be able to keep up. I don't I – don't, I don't, in my opinion. I, it's going to – I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers, he needs to come into this game fully motivated, especially with how things ended last year, especially against the 49ers last year when Raheem Moser ran for, it felt like, 1,000 yards and just kept on getting first downs. I, I'm wishing Aaron Rodgers the best, both teams the best, but – I think that the Packers could definitely uh, have the have the final laugh. Now let's get into Juju and the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you think about the Browns' chances against the Kansas City Chiefs? I know people are gonna think I'm crazy, but I think the Browns actually do have a shot. You know, I don't know if you've heard of Pro Football Focus, but they basically grade players after games and they put like a number like out of a hundred. So Baker Mayfield is actually the highest rated quarterback since Week Eleven right ahead of Patrick Mahomes. So if Baker, Baker Mayfield has pretty much showed up in a lot of these games, and their running game is really good. And I think this Browns team is extremely motivated because everyone, they're the underdog. So they're going to come out calm and rely, and ready to go. They have nothing to lose because they've already won their playoff game for the first time in, since 1994, I believe. So I think the Browns are going to come out relaxed. But, you know, it's again, it's the Super Bowl champs from last year. I definitely think it's going to be a close game. I would not be shocked if the Browns won, but I, I think the Chiefs are ultimately going to win. I think that, well, after looking because at the Browns' defense, I don't think is that great. After looking at what Pittsburgh did against the, against the Browns, I got a little bit, you know, nervous there just watching the game, just seeing how Pittsburgh was, get, was finding their way through the Cleveland defense. Yeah, that's, that's that's the problem. How are they gonna deal with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, exactly. yeah. I, if like you know, they need to be on the ball all sixty minutes throughout the game. Like what they displayed in like the first half, that has to be two halves. 
especially against uh, Kansas, especially against Kansas City. I don't know if that's possible though. Yeah, well then they got to make it possible. That's all I can say. I think it, Baker Mayfield has to mismatch whatever Patrick Mahomes does, which is a lot to ask. But yeah, he's done yeah. it sometimes. Yeah, but before we move on to our last one, what do you think about how Pittsburgh did against the Cleveland Browns? I think that they, it wasn't a great performance, but you know, there was stuff. It just didn't go their way. You know, the the snap obviously killed the in the first quarter. With, I believe it was like 14 seconds in, the Browns scored, and then the Browns scored a touchdown. But, you know, the, once the Browns were going up 28-0, I think this is on Ben Roethlisberger, honestly. I think this is about quarterback. I think they need a new quarterback. That's that's what you take away from this. The Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger obviously had a great career. He won two Super Bowls. He's a Hall of Famer. I just think it's time to get someone else. This game showed that. Don't you, I- you agree? I agree. I that reminded me of the snap with with the ball going over Peyton Manning's head in the Super Bowl. Not even that. It's just like he threw so many interceptions. He did also. Ben Roethlisberger did. Mm-hmm. And also Juju, stop dancing on everyone else's logo. Stop. Yeah. He didn't do it this time, but he all. I don't know. He had something to say. You heard he said the Browns are the Browns. That's oh, right. oh yeah, and, and Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt was trolling him. The Browns gonna be the Browns. Uh, so did um Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield yeah. I saw, I saw that, but hey, rightfully so. Give credit to the Cleveland Browns. Definitely. Buccaneers versus Saints. I'm not. I don't even want to go through New Orleans versus Chicago because that wasn't even not worth it. Yeah, that wasn't even anything. But I mean, even the Buccaneers game, they. I mean, hey, shout out to Taylor Hankey from the Washington Football Team. That guy could be a future starter. I don't know where he came from, but that guy played amazing. I don't know if you saw that game. I did see it. He was lighting it up. He he did. He did very well. Chase Young, their stud came up to him and like showed his jerseys. I remember the name. So Washington might have a cheap option who's good at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Anyway, going to this game, Buccaneers or Saints. I know me and Jair are definitely on the same page here. We both hate the Saints for yep. different reasons, but we, we have a mutual understanding about that. So we both are going to be going heavily for the Buccaneers. And actually, I think the Buccaneers are going to win because Tom Brady's playing on Tom Brady has really stepped his game up. And he's on sync with, like, Antonio Brown now, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. And their defense is not bad at all. So I think that it's either going to be a good game and the Buccaneers win or a blowout and the Buccaneers win. What are your thoughts, Jerry? I think it's going to be a good game, especially Drew Brees, Chase Mill. They, they, they figured it out at quarterback on how to pick defenses apart. But at the same time, Brady, we all know what Brady could do in the playoffs. It's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Maybe I think the biggest margin is going to be 11 through 15 in a way, but I wouldn't say like, I, I think it would be a close game through like on the most part. Definitely. So Jerry, let's get into our final segment for this week. Who is your loser of the week? Dwayne Haskins. Why? Look at what Taylor Hinkie did for the, yeah. for the Washington football team, especially, I mean, like what he was, he was, I, he, he was undrafted, right? Mm-hmm. He undrafted, been there for a little while. He did more. He showed more hustle than Dwayne Haskins. He got his teammates respect as well. He got. He did more than Dwayne Haskins, and he actually cared. I kind of yeah. I feel like Dwayne Haskins in the season in the right situation, but yes, you're right about that one. My loser of the week so far it's the Philadelphia Phillies. They haven't done anything, and the teams around them are just getting better. Obviously, the Mets. Hey man, I know I give you a lot of stuff about the Mets, but. I'm actually the Mets are pretty impressed. They're impressing me right now. So, yeah, they they and I know I was always saying oh Steve Cohen, but yeah, it looks like a pretty good 
owner. So yeah, congrats on that. Fire your funniest moment of the week. I'm going to have to say it was when the ball was snapped over Roethlisberger's head or past Roethlisberger. Yeah, that, that was pretty funny. But I, I would say the funniest moment was when Juju was getting trolled after the game. Oh, okay. Then that could be another one. That could be another one. Who is your star of the week? My star of the week. It's a good question, Jair. My star of the week is Tyrese Maxey from the Sixers because he's shown a lot of promise. And he, they lost the game, but he had to play a lot of minutes, and he had 40 points. He's really shot. I think the Sixers found themselves a really good player, Terry Smasky. What about you? I'm going to have to go probably with Lamar Jackson for what he did, despite being down in a deficit against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, he's definitely the truth. I'm a big Lamar Jackson guy. That's for yeah. sure. And, I mean, he rises to the occasion – and he got his team a win. He got his first playoff win. My respect goes to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, definitely. Great episode, Jair. Great Absolutely. to be back this weekend. It's going to be very interesting with the games coming up, as well as to see what happens with the NBA. I know I just saw a report like while we were talking that the NBA is, is heavily considering a pause for seven, for seven to 14 days if this continues. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I'm I was thinking about it too, Mark. I think that it that they probably should do it because these cases keep on popping up, just like you know, just like pimples or zits, man. And it's just frustrating. I don't mean to use pimples and zits as an example, but man, it's a good example. I I think it's a good example. But yeah, man, as usual, shout out to Tay on the track. Absolutely. And um, yeah, looking forward to speaking with you next week, Jair. Yes, sir. More playoff football to talk about. I'm getting better at it. You are. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> anyways, uh, anyways, my Mark. Um, by the way, NHL starts tomorrow. But you know, that's. But just wanted to add that. Okay, sorry. All right. Well, see you later, man. See you. Man. To listen to more Tripod Productions, go to thetriangle.org slash podcasts.